If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. and 15th episode of Lake of Rage Pokemon Trading Card Game Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, aka Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by two very special temporary guest hosts. Joining us, we have the one, the only, Zach Roy, aka Senior Doom. Doom, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you are uh, currently working, and anyone who is Doom's boss, don't worry, he took PTO for this. And joining us all the way from beautiful Ohio, we have the one, the only Nikhil, aka the Gyroscope Evie. Nikhil, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm a little tired. I'm also at work, but I'm <laughs> on my lunch break right now, so my boss also is not going to yell at me. Let's go. See, no, it's perfect. Uh, I'm currently not at work. I did come from work, but uh, in voluntary work, I guess. So we got a special episode for y'all today. We're not going to do a whole lot of what's the meta going to be, etc. Because last week we did a meta discussion with three players who were playing in Worlds. And currently, there's not a whole lot to update y'all on. The Worlds players are, based off my Twitter, sightseeing instead of testing. And so, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't think anything's really going to change from there. So we're just going to give some of our predictions. What do we think is going to happen this weekend or week, I guess, because it's going to be Thursday, Friday night for uh, those mm. of us in the U.S. at the Pokemon World Championships. But first, the tournament system to qualify for Worlds changed ever so slightly. Y'all have probably heard this by now. If you're getting your news from us, we're not a news podcast. We're getting you a week late. You'll love to see it. Uh... BFL's best finish limits for cups and challenges have changed from these typical eight down to six for each. If you need to learn a little bit more about them or cups and challenges, check out our episode several weeks ago with Locke about cups, what they are, how to earn a world's invite off of them, metagaming them, etc. But six is the lowest number possible, like the lowest number that they've been here since I have played. Let me reword that. And... North America is now 600 championship points. Europe is 500. LATAM and Oceania are some other number that I don't know off the top of my head. Apologize to them. But this is looking like it's going to be the toughest worlds to qualify ever in 2024. And I wanted to talk a little bit about this with y'all because this is too big of a deal to completely ignore as a podcast. So, Nikhil, why don't you start us off? Because you said you had some words on it. What do you think about these changes as a player slash now TO as well? Yeah, so, I mean, so I've been playing Pokemon for a long time. And I've seen a lot of different formats, a lot of different tournament structures, states, cities, battle roads, all of it. Um, and this is objectively the most difficult I think I've seen since probably the ELO days. The ELO days was really weird because it was hard to determine, you know, what was safe for an invite sometimes, but this is ridiculously difficult. Um, I think it's very evident this year that a lot of people got their invite because the invite was cut short, you know, you didn't have to get mm -hmm. as much, and then they added cups and challenges back. Um, it is very relevant when instead of spending a couple hundred dollars and a whole weekend, to get, you know, 60 points, you could spend a Saturday and 25 bucks and get, you know, 50 points. Um, 
but even more so, you know, every couple weeks you get 15 points from your challenges. Those local uh, points matter a lot more than people give them credit for. And I think it's relevant for the fact that it's six now. Um, that is very hard to do. Locke, uh, shout out Locke, our stats boy, gave us a really cool number. Uh, Caleb Gedimer is the only player in history to win eight cups in a season. Obviously, eight is bigger than six, but winning six cups when everyone wants to do it, that's not something easy to do. So, you know, getting your invite this season, it's definitely going to be difficult. But that actually gives me reason to believe that my prediction for where the next Worlds is is actually correct. And we'll get to that later. <laughs> that we will. Before we get to that, uh, Doom, what are you thinking? Um, I definitely think that they're, they made it harder intentionally. I think it's going to be somewhere that might be easier to get to for a large set of, set of like at least American, maybe even European players comparatively. Um, because cutting it down from eight to six seems a little arbitrary unless Worlds is going to be somewhere super easy to get to or they would want to increase the, um, I don't know how, how to say it, like the magnificence of it, like make the players that much harder to get in. Yeah, we saw on Twitter recently the Yu-Gi-Oh! World Championships, and of course Pokemon players had to tweet out the side-by-side -side comparison and laugh at it. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! is what, 8 to 12 people? Like, it was incredibly right. small. Like, you have to win one of their international equivalents or, like, top four a major thing. Like, there was very, very small, very difficult to get into. And so that's, I think, what you mean, right? That magnificence of, yeah. like, it is even the more prestigious. prestigious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to yeah, go on top of it. Like, if I remember correctly, regionals now, if you win a regional, that's an auto invite. Correct. Yes, that is a huge that, change. I think that definitely fixes part of it. But at the same time, like, there's only so many regionals you get. So, right. again, it's the same thing where the prestige levels kind of raised for worlds. But I think the reality of worlds is a little bit harder for some people. But I think there's been a lot of big content creators who kind of say that, you know, I mean, I think I believe Azul said something about it where, like, you know, you shouldn't put yourself in the mindset that you can't make worlds or 600 is not attainable because then you kind of set yourself back. Mm -hmm. But I think at the same time that there is a real reality where some people should just still play Pokemon competitively because they like to play something competitively. Um, but from a TO standpoint, that I can see locals becoming way bigger of an issue. And I want to put this out there. There is a huge problem with locals pricing and staffing and like general consistency across the board. There are cups and challenges that are $20 challenges. You know, I've seen $50 cups being spoken about. Like, there is a very lack of consistency across the board in this pricing. And at least in my state, my city, a lot of the cups are the same price. They're all $35, or sorry, $25 because of, um, I was thinking pre release prices, uh, because Scarlet and Violet packs are now more expensive. So they've upped the cost of cups because they have mm. to pay for the pricing. Um, I keep mine at 10 and 20 because you have to pay to park at my at my events so you know i try and at least give my players a little bit of you know leeway on that so but for the most part 25 is what i believe cups should be because the price of product now it kind of makes it so you have to pay a little bit more um, also stores are giving up prize packs now for just entering it's not just a promo you just get a whole pack mm -hmm. um and so i do think that there should be some consistency across the board of the price of challenges the staffing for challenges, I think it's a little ridiculous that I have heard judges for challenges that don't know what they're doing. I think that uh, this just goes back to the judge ramble, but I think if you're TOing or judging a cup or challenge, there has to be some level of competence behind it. It cannot just be some dude at the store that like passed the test once and is doing it now. 
Yeah, that's a huge... Anyone who's been to a poorly run Cupper Challenge can definitely attest to that. Like, And sometimes it's a staffing issue with the store of like the person who's running it. The store is also like, oh, good, then you are scheduled to work that day. And then it's like, well, that's not the person's fault at that point. That's the store not realizing <laughs> what they need from that person. But you have that person who's like working as well as trying to run the tournament and judge the tournament. And I do have to say the Washington is amazing because there are pokey parents who are qualified judges who will see that and be like, OK, I'm going to volunteer myself to judge this because you're clearly uh, in over your head right now. And so that that's been a beautiful thing, but they're not getting compensated for that. Usually they just show up and they're like, well, apparently I'm helping because y'all need it really bad. Oh, well, as a parent, you don't want to be there until like nine at night with your kids sometimes. <laughs> let's, let's get the tournament going. That too. You're like, let's get this done. Let's get this efficiently out of there. Like, I know my kids make a top cut. Uh, as far as the 600 goes, so I'm someone who... I have looked back after I'm definitely a local grinder. That's not to say my locals are bad because they're heckin' good players out here. But yeah, it is so much easier, even pre kid, pre kid, pre marriage. So much easier to go to a cup than to go to a regional financially as well as time wise. Right. And so right. I am a little saddened by the six. It's like fine from the point of that's replacing you know a couple 25 point cup finishes for me so that's 50 so that's like a regional what top 64 very doable very very doable but it is a little disappointing because cups and challenges are just so like efficient from a time standpoint especially now that i have a child it's so much harder to be like okay okay partner i'm gonna be gone friday saturday and i'll be back late sunday in order to go play some Pokemon, right? And there's always the like, well, maybe you just need to give up on Pokemon Worlds. Technically, sure. But currently, there's like 800-something people in Worlds. It's not that prestigious. So it shouldn't require you to give up on so many things. And this is one thing that I've heard a couple of the larger content creators disagree on. They've never taken each other head to head on this. But the difference between maybe you just give up because you're not built for this right now and... Pokemon's not that serious, and if you're able to show consistency a few times, it's enough. And currently, with over 800 people, I think that's the number that I've seen for Yokohama Day 1, it's not that prestigious that you should have to give up, you know, an entire weekend every other month in order to compete in this. So I'm a little disappointed in that, but I'm still going to go for my world's invite. So anyone listen to this too, you've heard people who are like, maybe don't make worlds your goal, man. Maybe just like, don't care about it. I'm still going to care about it because there's no other tangible goal. Like you said, Azul mentioned, like, if you can't see yourself winning war or winning a regional or something like that, right? It was like, you should have an expectation that you can do it. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to do it. Don't plan a 256 stuff. But like, it's fine to have as a goal. Don't let people tell you like, oh, just set like different goals, man. There's no other tangible goals right now, really. Outside of like, you know, top eight, a regional, win a regional, etc. So it's fine to have as a tangible goal. I still have it as a tangible goal, even though I've kind of been like, well, maybe I'm not going to get it this year because of I'm going to go to four regionals. And that is going to be four good finishes in order to actually earn a world's invite off this structure. Any other thoughts on the changes to the structure? Go to UIC. <laughs> Any North like, American players, that is a good advice. If you need, I points. was like looking at some of the prices from like you know Midwest to Vancouver, 
it, there is no justifiable reason to go there over UIC. Like, <laughs> the amount of point I like was doing the math, and I was just like losing my mind every time I did a calculation. I was like, why would you ever not? Like, if you physically can go to UIC, it is a realistically good choice. If it's like in London or Berlin again, mm-hmm. um, assuming it's not in like I don't I don't know what where else they'd put it, but if it's in London or U- or Berlin or Germany or something again, um, the point payout is just ridiculous for what you pay to get there. Yeah, like it's to the point that it's actually cheaper for me to fly to Europe than to fly to Columbus. Yes, <laughs> that's not a joke. UIC last year would have been cheaper than NAIC. <laughs> yeah, hundred uh, percent. That's that's West Coast Seattle life. So, like, obviously your mileage may vary. Doom and I live like down the street from yeah. each other practically. But yeah, it's yeah. it is uh, kind of cheap to go to London sometimes, and it's not cheap to go to Columbus, Ohio. Although we haven't oh. seen NAIC could be moved. There's no regional in Dallas. There's one in San Antonio, but I'm I'm, I'm give, give me Dallas. I'm, baby. I'm holding out for Vegas because if they do Vegas, more people will show up. I bro, team Vegas. I'm also team. There's so many places. This isn't a wish, wish list, but listeners, I know yeah. you have other, you know, comment on YouTube where your dream NAIC location is. Probably Seattle, but, you know, now we're, we're not going to put there. Now we're yeah, talking. Then, bro. then I'm definitely playing. You know. <laughs> Give us Portland Regional, Vancouver Regional, and NAIC in Seattle, and hear all the East Coasters' heads explode with how expensive it is. Dude, it's not that bad. When we went for our trip, me and my brother, it wasn't too bad. Uh, Just wait till all the East Coasters (laughs) explode. I promise you. They come here and they go, what do you mean the monorail only has one stop? (laughs) So, Worlds is coming up in, at the time of recording, and this is going to get churned out. We are recording... Uh, possibly an hour before you get this on your podcast feed because we're a little late. Uh, World's happening in a couple of days. So we're going to give some predictions because like I said, the meta discussion already happened. I don't think anything's really going to change in the meta. For any listeners to this who are hoping we had some insight, the biggest, best insight in the world is don't listen to the chatter. People will always want to talk about a secret deck or hype up something else, sometimes even with good intentions. Like, you know, Maridon, I hear Maridon's going to be big this weekend. Is it going to be big this weekend? I don't know. But if people are telling you that the night before, they don't know anything. They heard it from someone else who heard it from someone else who made it up because they thought it would be funny for Twitter clout, right? So anyone who's going to play, don't listen to the last minute ramblings. Worlds players have had their decks narrowed down for a while. And the odds are they're not all switching to Maridon or Qian Pao or whatever at the last minute. Best piece of advice I got. But anyway... First and foremost, we have to talk about what secret deck will win Worlds. And by secret deck, I mean probably something that's already established. So we're going to give our prediction for what deck will win the Pokemon World Championships. And then I also want what deck will surprise people the most off the wall, not tier one. That could be Maridon type of deck, a Maridon, a Ting Lu, those count, will place in top 32 or none. So, Nikhil, I want you to start us off. What deck is winning Worlds, and what off-the-wall deck will have the best placement? Um, I think it's Gardevoir's tournament to lose. I think Gardevoir's still in a great situation. However, I think with the pace of Worlds and the fear of ties, I believe the deck that will win is an Arceus Umbreon variant. Um, Arc Umbreon just seems like the strongest kind of duo you can play right now. 
Um, Arceus is still just ridiculously good. Umbreon kills Gardevoir. It's got a lot of HP. And so whether that's with Flying Pikachu, whether that's with Duraludon, whether that's with some other nonsense that I haven't mentioned, um, I think it is Arceus's tournament um, again. I think Arceus is just still just proven itself to be the best card in Sword and Shield, hands down, as a Pokemon. So I asked what deck is going to win, and you boldly predicted six to seven different Arceus decks <laughs> as <laughs> potentially winning. Way to completely misunderstand I, the assignment there. <laughs> it's it's Arc Umbreon with something. It's Arc Umbreon. I don't know what it's going with. Um, okay, but that's that's my outright prediction. Yeah, I will accept Arc um, Umbreon. Yeah, my off the wall deck though. Um, I think Palkia. I think I don't think it's Palkia with Baxcalibur Chienpao. I think it's Palkia with like tools thrown in there. I think there's a very open door for it. I think there's a lot of, you know, opportunity for it right now. I think that, you know, Gen Pao gives a little bit more utility. Um, I don't think it's going to have just straight backs caliber. I think something with Palkia has like a very good narrow window to kind of mess around in there. So I think you're talking about the for people who have probably seen this deck before, it's like Palkia with like a two or three Shien Pals and no Baxcalibur. And like there was a while where everyone was like, this deck sucks. How do you ever power up the Shien Pao? And that's because Shien Pao is Capacious Bucket in the deck, not an actual attacker except like once. So that's the deck you're talking about, right? Where... Yeah, the and, kind of more Palkia deck that has Chen Pao to find the energy. Yeah, okay. And then there's some that's like an Articuno and stuff, but you said like with friends thrown in. So, okay, yep. that's a solid choice. Doom, what about you? What is winning and what is the off-the-wall deck? What is winning? Unlike Eevee, I can give you a more solid answer. It is, <laughs> Ar- it is Arceus Umbreon, but it is the variant with Flying Pikachu. Okay. The, that, that version, it, the Flying Pikachu is just such a nice, easy pivot it makes you live like if you do end up playing against lost box players it makes them play around the flying pikachu it has a decent hefty amount of uh um hit points and it can hit EXs for like 190 like the the whole rcs umbreon decks are always hitting the 160 to 200 range for everything very few things are not getting hit by it they're not getting hit hard you don't oko many things but you do hit pretty pretty hard and then nice energy acceleration with Arceus. You know, it's it's a good deck. And I I see people a lot more people playing it. Its biggest hurdle is what version, like what's the extra attacker you play in it. I've seen variants with like Slacking, because uh, then that deals better against Giratina. I've seen versions with Metacham, because then you can pull off some, you know, weird shenanigans and get an extra turn that you may maybe put it up before. So... But th- those three together are probably the best. You could even see maybe this is this is where it goes into a little bit of a wild card. Is mm-hmm. the Duraludon version still just coming in and just owning? Just the Arkham simplicity Duraludon. of Duraludon. Yeah, I hit hard. I hit hard so hard, and I go through everything. You can't stop me. And not a lot goes through me. <laughs> right. All right. All right. I've, uh, I've got my bridge buddy coming now too. If you watch the Pokemon pr- presents this morning. What was the name of that thing? Archaladon. There you go. Because I remember, yeah, it was like Arctura, though, and it just made me laugh. Uh, I do actually, I want to mention the Pika real quick. I'm a fan of the Pika. I was talking about it recently with someone, and it was like, okay, yeah, you got a good Maridon, you got a good Xian Pao. Like, you got these, like, other, like, random decks. In addition, you mentioned Lost Fox, of course. 
And it was yeah. funny because the Shen Pao player was like, what do you mean? Flying Peak is free. I always go cross switcher plus boss. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. You always have it like that, right? Like you just hear those people talk and you're like, this is why I don't talk Pokemon <laughs> with you ever. Right. Uh, you always have the one tech out. And then when you actually test it or play it in a real thing, you don't have that tech out. Right. Like you always have or, the three card combo case, off judge. <laughs> Or in my case, it's a one-one line, and I prized one of those one-one lines, which is a possibility. <laughs> and there's no other outs. Oh, cool! Yeah, now I gotta play the game differently. But the two years in a row, flying Pico winning worlds, definitely a move. And then, are you picking Arctura as your off-the-wall choice? If I understood that correctly, I actually pick a really off-the-wall choice, and this is one I've, I've been seeing a little bit lately. Yeah. Uh, Lost Box, Regigigas V Star. <laughs> Let's go. I've seen I've seen a couple people talk about it. It has the ability of it. It's just interesting to like just pick things off. And then on top of it, it's another big guy. Hits hard, but it's only worth two prizes instead of three. Yeah, 300 HP, and two prizer. <laughs> Pretty good. And plus Sharon's plus Sharon's care loops with it very well. So it becomes a healing kind of a healing loss box deck. If something was going to like come out of nowhere and do it, that would be my pick. I am going to pick the most basic winning deck in the world. Uh, Gardevoir EX is winning this one. I think a Guardi deck that is prepared for the Arceus decks is in a perfectly fine spot. Uh, how do you prepare for it? Probably Sky Seal Stone, but like, I don't know, maybe more path outs play the heavy ball so if they lost on a Ralts, you can go get your other one whatever i'm not playing in worlds and i'm definitely not playing guardy if i'm playing in worlds <laughs> but someone real, out real there real quick yeah about that arc umbreon matchup versus guardy guardy's best tech right now is actually penny Pen oh so they can't mean look you they can't mean look you into death also when so many games playing on the arc umbreon side doing that and that to the point that my guard deck has penny back in it <laughs> it's just such a it's such a cheap move and then you watch them just keep moving that damage off and i've bossed them and they have the out to that and then i boss them again and they have the out to that and then i palp out my bosses just keep trying to get back out and it never works i am a guardy fan especially when you consider the people who will be bringing guardy are the best players in the world mm. I also think, and this is going to lead into the next part of the rogue deck that will do the best, but day one is going to be an Arceus Fiesta. It is going to be oh, yeah. Arceus most of the wares. And rightfully so. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I was sleeving up Arceus and now everyone knows my play. It's because it's a really good play. <laughs> There's a reason both of them picked Arceus to win worlds. But because of all the Arceus, I'm expecting random jank there's a reason i led with don't believe maridon hype randomly out of nowhere because decks like maridon and xian pao and fusion mew which would have been my play to start kind of popping up a little bit more because of that i think i think i'm gonna pick maridon flaffy as my best rogue deck to get there they're gonna feast on the arceuses feast so hard and then they're gonna lose to the guardy that eventually wins worlds because guardy will feast on all of those things but i'm gonna pick maridon flaffy specifically we're going we're going big we're calling it out there you got the raichu you got the the whatever else, uh raiku you know the flower it's a boring deck maridon's not super interesting but that's my pick 
tier two ish. Yes. But also mm-hmm. most of you are not going to expect to see a Mariah on in top 32 before you start coming at me. I'm sure some of you will just like the same people who yelled at me when Eternatus won a regional finally. Yes, I get it. Sometimes stuff happens, but Mariah on's my pick there. It's in a great spot. That's not a bad pick, especially if there's some more of the hype between Lost Zone Giratina's going on. Moridon just feasts on Lost Zone Giratina. They're just too quick for it. Yeah. Or, or you watch Moridon trip on itself and fall down the stairs, but... <laughs> it's just it's all just gas, what, no breaks. It's yeah, all gas, yeah. no breaks, you know? You get the donks every now and then, it's realistically... Pro- like, the deck has the the... The theory of, you know, I don't want to tie, I want to win all my games in day one. There's a realistic option that someone's like, it worked for me in day one, why won't it work in day two? And it makes top 32. It's, I'm, I got Maridon. It's the move. And you know what? Last piece, last piece. Why would you ever pick Maridon? Seijin Park has a day two invite after winning the Korean League. 100% chance that they are playing Maridon. <laughs> the so, next piece that we're going to do is who is going to win the Pokemon World Championships. Not a draft, nothing like that. Just throw some name out there or names out there if you're feeling extra bold to predict other finalists of who will win Worlds this year. Doom, I want you to start us off. Throw a name out there. Who is going to win Worlds? Um, and remember you picked Arceus, say, if that I'm changes a- things. I'm going to say Alex Shemansky. If only because he's bought in my art and <laughs> uses my products. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good reason. Shout out to Doomed Gaming. Mm-hmm. You can use code DualSetFish, D U L C E T F I S H for 10% off at doomedgaming.com. You can also use code BELT, which is a lot easier to spell for the same discount. Or you can use code FOMO for 12% off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nikhil, who are you picking, Evie? Uh, I'm going to go with second Bremer. All the guys are going to do well. They're out sightseeing, though, more than they are actually testing. So um, I'm proud of them all for making worlds. But I think realistically, it's one of like the Royal Four from Japan. Um, I believe it's the Royal Four, right? Um, it's yeah. It's the f- I can't remember if it's four or three, but there's like a small group of players from Japan that are like these the idolized like gods of Pokemon trading card game. It, I think it's one of their four year. Um, you know, one of them made finals last year. I forget his name. Daichi. Um, Daichi, mm-hmm. thank you. Daichi made finals last year. The Japanese, we just don't see anything from them really all year. And they come to Worlds and they bring the heat. It is their home turf. They are, you know performing at basically the capital of Pokemon. Um, this is their year to win, and I believe they're going to do that. It is Daichi. It is uh, oh Aro. my gosh. Yes. Aro, uh, Shintaro. Uh, is Yoshi one of them? I, I should I should know. know the other two. Anyway. we sh- I should know the yeah. other two. Four, four players that we have all definitely heard of as Westerners who pay attention to the game. <laughs> They're all very, very good players. Very talented players. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself, gosh, this was my question, and I didn't even come up with an answer. Uh, I am going to pick... You know what? It's time. Grant Manley is going to finally win a tournament and it's going to be the world championships. Let's go with that. Grant's got a day two invite. They've made 75 top eights this year. We watched them in Portland. It was Portland gets squovetted out of the game. It was a beautiful sight. I think this is Grant's tournament to win 
Finally, and if I keep saying Grant's going to win a tournament, eventually he will win a tournament. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it feels like definitely a safe person to uh, to do well as well. So that's it. I'm picking Grant Manley. Last one. Last prediction we have is oh two more predictions. I'm sorry. The next one is the next world's location. So at the end of the day, the closing ceremony on Sunday in Japan, Saturday night in the rest of the world or the rest of the Western world, I guess. They're going to announce where worlds will be at in 2024. So we're going to make our bold prediction for where worlds will be. I'll start us off since I haven't started off on any of the other ones. And I am going to go to the beautiful, lovely, tremendous city of Denver, Colorado as the world's location. Why Denver? I don't really have a great reason, except there is no Midwestern regional, what there usually is. Denver has never had one, nor has the Midwest. They're going to move it back to the U.S. because we want to prove how U.S.-centric we are as a company. (laughs) So I'm picking Denver, Colorado in the United States of America. Doom, what's your prediction? Um, I have two predictions, but the first one, this one follows the pattern. We've gone to London, one of the biggest cities in the world. We've gone to Tokyo, one of the biggest cities in the world. New York City. New York City, I think, is next in line, follows kind of the pattern, keeps that huge city thing going. Preferably, the one that was more dream for me, I thought, I actually thought Toronto. Kind of get go back to Canada, a little bit bigger area than Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Be a good place to go. But New York seems to fit the pattern way better. It's a shame there's a Toronto regional, which... Makes me immediately say no, but gosh, when I went to Toronto last year, it was beautiful. I would love to go back again for Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, so Toronto, the fact they have a regional, it makes it, it just, it makes the odds just, you know, crash. I mean, New York just fits the pattern of these huge cities, big time Pikachu. That's where, the, where it seems to, seems to be going lately. All right, so we have Denver, we have New York City, and Akil, tell us your bad opinion. So, based on the fact that Pokemon's trying to make this world a little more prestigious, um, I'm thinking it's one of two spots. There's one that I kind of hope it's not for reasons outside of Pokemon. Um, That one is Honolulu, um, somewhere in Hawaii. Pokemon has loved doing it in Hawaii in the past. That was a classic back in the day. Um, And it's a little bit harder to get to, and I think it's a little smaller of a venue in my mind. So, that's kind of why I think Honolulu is one of those options. However, the other option, I believe, and this is purely because Pokemon has in the past done it there and had to cut the size down of spectators, I believe it's going to be San Diego, San Francisco, or, you know, Anaheim. I think it's California. Kind of like Doom said, big cities, big places, you know. Um, But I think they already did that one in the United States with D.C. I think that was their big U.S. city one. Um, Whereas in my mind now, I believe that you know, they want to bring it back to the U.S. And California, they haven't done since 2017. So it's been a while. They love California for Worlds. They did it a lot in the past. Um, so I think Honolulu, but, you know, because of all the tourism that's already there, I'd kind of prefer not to have it there. Um, so I think California is the more realistic option. Awesome. So we have a variety of cities in California, New York City, and Denver as our three predictions for the next Worlds location. 
Love to see that any of us branched out of the United States there. Or North America. <laughs> yeah, actually, what's the odds of them bringing it to Latin America? Start like a series where it goes like North America, Europe, Japan, Latin America in a four-year a four cycle. I just, I just don't see that happening because Latam and Oceania only have like a couple cities they'd really do it in, and they right. do the international there every year. So it's the same reason not Toronto. Like, like Sydney and Melbourne are like the two cities I think of in Oceania in Australia they do and then like Sao Paulo is the city in South America they do so it's like it's kind of hard to justify seeing them doing that I agree but I would love a world's in Brazil at some point would be super sick and it seems like Brazil would be like the 100% the country that they're in city that depends there's a couple pretty big cities in Brazil but yeah I would love it but I also don't see it happening No, I I don't see it either. It was just like wondering, like, are they willing to go that far into like a four way cycle or do they make it? It feels like if they want to keep it like fresh with world cities, you do go back to the U.S. next. Then you go back to Europe. Mm -hmm. Then you do a Japanese one again and then just keep rotating those three. Last prediction is the mechanic that we don't actually know if it's going to be introduced at Worlds. They did the Pokemon Presents because they're not planning to do a big opening ceremony full of stuff. But usually we get a new mechanic at world so in the past they've given us ultra beasts they've given us tag teams they gave us the comeback mechanic being a big thing in scarlet violet which they're showing us to be true so what is the big mechanic reveal that we are expecting or predicting or whatever from worlds this year Nikhil, why don't you start us off it's uh it's gonna be so at first, I thought it was going to be the joke of whole, like, Paradox tag team thing, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that would have been funny. So, like, you know, Iron uh, Treads and Dawn Fan would have been funny, right? But because Scarlet and Violet 4 is called Paradox Rift or whatever, um, I don't believe Paradoxes will be the mechanic. I think they're just going to do more with them, but I don't think they're going to have a specific thing. I think it's going to be some level of, like, Mega Terra something, because... The new Pokemon game, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the Direct, um, it has both of the new Legendaries or whatever from the DLC coming out, and those both have specific forms that only exist when you Terra them. So I believe that it's going to be something like that, where it's like a Mega Terra Pokemon that's worth like three, but it's an EX. I think that's kind of what they're going to go for, is like a bigger, badder Terra Pokemon. Doom, what are you thinking? I think we'll definitely see either an expansion of the Terra types, like maybe something where there's an attachment or uh, something that keep, keeps it going like that. Or we'll see the Paradox, which I think will follow along, along the lines of like the Ultra Beast, the tag teams. I have its own engines that come with it. So like, you know, Paradox Ball, use that, search out a Paradox, something in somewhere to Beast Ring or Tag Call or even it was the Holland engine, I believe, as well. Mm-hmm. That was another one. Like so, something along those lines. Um, we've had the new we last year we had the, the comeback mechanics and the EX reveal. And now now the new thing is okay, what's the new card engine reveal to me? I am unfortunately gonna agree with that one. My picking paradox, and I did the fake tweet, right? With the I just put Sandy Shocks on top of a Picarom and said, Look, I did it. And people in the replies were like, What about Iron Treads and Great Tusk? And thankfully, people who knew more than I did were able to respond and mention that, hey, these were Pokemon that were Titans. And so they were representing the Titans that are found outside of Area Zero. But the Area Zero mm-hmm. Paradox Pokemon, which are not found 
outside of area zero for you know the games like thing where the paradox come from is going to be that new mechanic that i am expecting something around and like you said paradox ball which is you know uh well beast ball was like look at your prizes and put a beast pokemon in there like something like that right like look at your deck grab a paradox pokemon and then paradox ring or whatever i hope not i beast ring was terrible card design but you know something like that is definitely what i would expect to come out of this i would love to be proven wrong and they have some really cool creative thing a terra would be fun i would love if you could terra things into different types or maybe change the effect of the terra so it's not just bench barrier all the time or whatever but uh i'm expecting something with paradox i'm not against that at all though like rapid strike and single strike was fun then fusion strike came out and ruined it but stuff was generally fun around these things so i think it would be fun again to have i would hope we get more than just three sets of support for it maybe four mm-hmm. yeah for real <laughs> i don't know that seems to be their mo though is this they give us like you know three to four sets and they're like okay let's move on to something else even if that thing was fun they- and they keep printing, like, they print one card that's, like, defining, like, the Urshifu and the Mew. They just define the format for three sets, and then they just, like, exist forever until, like, they rotate. And it's, like, that's how Pokemon met- makes the new meta, is they're, like, okay, what stupid card can we print with these mechanics that break the game? Cool, let's sell it. It is kind of wild. Like, they stopped supporting the strikes pretty quickly, and yet the NAIC champion was Rapid Strike, like a deck that was kind of made in a couple sets, and then suddenly, like, yeah, it's still it's still good. And obviously Mew is existing, and Lugia's single strike. So yeah, there's the strikes are still around, unfortunately. So this is another one, like you said, eh, a couple sets and then dominates and stomps all over everyone's face. Love to see it. Doom, where can the people find you if they want more from you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch uh, at Senior underscore Doom. You can also find me on Twitter, Twitter or whatever they call it nowadays uh, <laughs> at, at the same name. And also you can buy my art and uh, TCG products from doomed-gaming.com. Doom, is there anything special about this Friday's Tournament of Doom? It's replacing the Yokohama Open because there's no Yokohama Open anymore. It's about about the same as time. Uh, so if you were, were going to play with it and didn't fly, you can go ahead and come in and play the Tournament of Doom and still have the same amount of lack of sleep. Even better, you get Obsidian Flames legal, too. Yeah, if you want to play Charizard EX. Glamora. Charizard EX. I'm the only Glamora <laughs> believer. Charizard's <laughs> such a good card. Absol EX. No. Pidgeot EX. <laughs> now we're talking. Get that, get that into your Arceus decks now. Nikhil, where can the people find you if they want more from you? Uh, Twitter.com or whatever it's called, NK0HLI, and probably judging your locals in Columbus, Ohio at some point this season. Um, maybe judging some regionals. You never know. Might Let's see go. me out on, this, on the floor in Peoria. Um, I won't, but my deal is I don't want to like start floor judging or do anything like that at regionals until I feel like confident in my ability. I want to like put a lot more locals behind me before I start just like jumping into regionals. So. Ooh, we'll find out. Should we challenge you with a ruling question right now? Uh, please don't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. If I have Lunatone and Soul Rock in play with Path to the Peak, can I play Luminion V? Bro, what is it with this Jake Gearhart nonsense? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a real one. This is a real one. 
Can you play? I don't even know what this. It's the your Pokemon in play ha, can't be affected by support or by stadiums, right? The Is ability the New Moon says if you have Solrock in play, prevent all effects of any stadium done to your Pokemon in play. Yeah, I think it's you'd still be unable to because the Luminion ability activates when it's put in play, like Dedenne under Power Plant. Like the Power Plant says in play, but you can't Dedenne under Power Plant for the same reason, I'd assume. So you'd be able to in that case, yeah. Because okay. the Lunatone. Oh man, wait. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're gonna close out the Blood podcast out. before he <laughs> ruins his brain. Be sure to at Nikhil on Twitter with the correct answer that you know more than he does. Myself, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Mellow underscore Magikarp. This has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. We'll catch you all next week.